Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. If it was a horrendous crime, why didn't I shoot them between the eyes, cut their penis off? People say Ted Bundy didn't show any emotion. There must be something in there. Uh, he was saving body parts such as uh, skulls and uh, skeletons. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Murdery. Alyssa's going to give us the lowdown on Krista Gale Pike. Okay, Krista Gale Pike was born on March 10th, 1976. Krista had quite the childhood. She had a pretty rough childhood. Her mom was often absent from her life. And when she was about 18, Krista ended up attending Job Corps at the University of Tennessee. If you don't know, Job Terror... I'm sorry, Job Corps is a voluntary program administered by the U.S. Department of Labor. It offers free of charge education and vocational training to young people. It's more for people who are maybe not as well off. They, they can send their kids to school to get their not only their high, st- high school diploma, but to learn a trade while they are there. Is that kind of like trade schools today? It sort of is, but Job Corps is still in existence today. Um, It's more for low-income families just to get their kids the training that they need without having to pay for like some sort of trade school. Um, Krista was there studying to be a nursing assistant. Uh, While she was there, Krista met a 17-year-old boy named Tadaryl Ship. Krista had a big interest in Tadaryl, and he was really exciting to her because he practiced Satanism. She felt like that. She felt like he could protect her and just saw her as something so special that, you know, she felt really secure when she was around him. Um, she did make other friends while she was at Job Corps. She met a girl named Shadola Peterson, who will also be part of this case later on. Uh, Krista also made enemies, though. You know, there's there's always some sort of animosity when there's teenage like girls You're involved. You're not going to like everybody. everybody. Yeah. So uh, when she met a 19-year-old named Colleen Slemmer, Krista made made it up in her own mind that Colleen had a crush on Krista's boyfriend, Tadaryl. Colleen assured her many times, I don't like your boyfriend. He's not my type. I don't want to be together. But Krista just did not believe her. Uh she eventually, you know, just sort of becomes obsessed with this idea that Colleen is her rival and she's got to confront her. So Krista co- confronts Colleen. There's some sort of altercation between them. Um, and, and after this happens, Colleen ends up calling her mom, who lives in Florida, stating that she's scared of Krista and she wanted to go home. Colleen told her mom that she hated Job Corps. She wanted to leave. You know, she wanted to get back to Florida where her mom was. Colleen's mom, however, told her, you know, we signed a contract. You need to stay at Job Corps until the contract ends. I'm sure they were also from a low-income family where, you know, if you leave, you're not going to graduate high school. You know, I think Colleen's mom was probably a single mom, too, who was also struggling. if, If that is something, if you break the contract, you then have to maybe pay some of pay back. a certain amount of money or something yeah so i mean i in a struggling family like that any amount of extra is too much it's too much exactly so on the night of january 12th 1995 krista Daryl, and shadola convince they they talk to colleen and they convince her to go on a walk with them through a nearby park called tyson park i hold on so 
I don't, I don't, for me, like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not victim blaming her in any way. Like, was there some reason why, like, cause I, knowing me, like these, I know this girl doesn't like me. Yeah, exactly. Like, why would, I'm why not would I go, go with a group of her friends? Yeah. Especially the boyfriend that she's already telling me that I like, but exactly. I don't. Like, I'm staying as far away from them as I can. Um, well, they, they talked to her and they convinced her to go on a walk through this park to a local video store. And while they were in the park on the way, they were going to smoke some weed. Oh, well, so, then that's different. You know, I mean, it's a different, it's not like, I mean, you wouldn't have to talk me into that. There's, I'll go, I'll go with you guys. So Colleen agrees. She goes with the three others into the park. They lead her into an area where, you know, it's dark in this park at night. It's closed. It closes at dusk, like a lot of parks around here. So they don't have a ton of lights and stuff like that keeping people safe. You can't really see where they were from the road or anything like that. So they lead Colleen, you know, through this dark tunnel. um, And Colleen realizes too late that she's in trouble. Oh, no. Yeah. It's about to get (laughs) murdery. So Krista begins to fight Colleen. She hits her several times and Colleen tries to calm Krista down. She is known for trying to talk things through. She doesn't want to resort to violence. She just wants to figure out the situation and talk it out with Krista. Uh, When this doesn't work, Colleen decides, I've got to run away. She tries to flee and leave the situation, but this just caused Krista to get more and more upset. Krista ends up pulling a box cutter out of her coat pocket and she slashes Colleen in the stomach, on her hands, and on her breasts. Colleen tries again to run away and escape from Krista, but she's unsuccessful. So at this point, Tadaryl is getting involved. Krista and Tadaryl shoved Colleen to the ground several times. So they're like letting her get up and think she's going to escape and then... Exactly. Throwing her back down. Exactly. Oh, so, poor girl. The, you know, she's begging them, please stop. You know, I don't want this to continue. What can we do? Let's talk it out. And they let her stand up. They let her think it's over now. And they just push her back down. Um, at one point, Tadaryl, Krista and Tadaryl shove her to the ground and they drag her back to the bushes where the fight started. Krista and Tadaryl began kicking Colleen all over her body. Krista pulled out a small meat cleaver. So this, this Why did was you planned. Have that? Exactly. This was not a peace offering. Let's go smoke some weed. This was, let's go for a walk in the park so I can kill you. So I can murder you. Because never in my life have I carried a meat cleaver around in my pocket. Um, in an interview I watched with Krista, she later stated, this is after she's already been sentenced and everything. Um, spoiler alert, she is convicted of murder. Uh, In an interview later, she states, I knew exactly what I was doing. Everything I did that night, I knew what I was doing. She also says something to the effect of, she knew she was taking old emotions out on Colleen. So, I mean, Krista planned this ahead of time. She planned on bringing the items that she brought with her. She knew what she was going to do to Colleen. So Krista ends up giving the box cutter to to Daryl, Tadaryl uses the box cutter to cut a pentagram into into Colleen's chest, representing his belief in Satanism. Krista and Tadaryl, again, they kept letting her get up and believing the attack was over. Um, They would listen to her beg for her life, but each time they knocked her back to the ground. After almost 45 minutes, Krista cut Colleen's throat. Krista stated... 
and is quoted stating, the bitch won't die. In the area where they were attacking Colleen, there was large chunks of asphalt, maybe from like a a recent remodel of something in the area. Um, So Krista decides to pick up a giant chunk of the asphalt and strike Colleen repeatedly in the head. She hits Colleen at least five times, yelling, I want to see her brains flow. Krista hit Colleen so hard it cracked her skull and it sent brain matter flying out of her head. Oh my gosh. So this was just an unbelievably brutal beating that that Colleen had to endure. Krista, Tadaryl, and Shadola drug Colleen's lifeless body into the bushes trying to hide what they had done. But again... you're at a park, like you're at a public area. You're not going to be able to, you're going to have like a nice blood smear Drag dragging mark. her body exactly to where you hid her. Like yeah. unless it rained that night, you're not getting rid of that. You're not covering that up. So this was a horrific crime and news of the killing spread extremely quickly. First of all, all of the people were involved that were involved were children. They're teenagers. They're just children. It was an awful crime scene, had blood and brain matter scattered around. Within 36 hours of the crime, Colleen's body had been found, and the three teens were in police custody. 36 hours? That's pretty quick. 36 hours is quick, and I will tell you why it happened so quickly. Um, When police brought the teens in for questioning, Krista seemed just excited. She was ready to tell her story. She was very willing to talk to the police and answer any questions that they had for her. One of the officers was heard stating it seemed like the highlight of her life. She just wanted to tell the truth about everything. She also wanted to take the blame. She felt like, if I confess and I tell you that I'm the one that did it, Tadaryl and Shadola won't be charged with anything, which this was not the case. Um, Well, they were there. They let it happen. Exactly. Even if they weren't involved, they let it happen. They didn't try and stop her. Exactly. And after the fact, they didn't tell anybody. So police found the clothes that Krista was wearing on the night in question. The clothes were covered, as you can imagine, completely covered in Colleen's blood. I, I actually looked up some of the images of this crime scene. And looking at the pants that Krista was wearing, it looks like a bucket of brown paint was just splattered all over these pants. They are completely covered. Krista was arrested and charged with murder and com- and conspiracy to get murder. Co- I'm sorry. To get murdered, yes. <laughs> commit murder. Um, a lot of killers, you know, are known to take keepsakes or something from... She took a trophy? She took a trophy. Uh, they're known to take trophies from their crime scene. This case is no different. What did she take? When she was brought in, Krista had a keepsake from the night of the crime. Police found a piece of Colleen's skull wrapped in a napkin stuck in Krista's coat pocket. Not oh, only like- did she have this in there, but when she went to school following the murder, she was showing it off to other people, saying... You know, this is a piece of her skull. I'm the one that committed the murder. Basically bragging about it and not worried at all. Like showing this stuff off. Most souvenirs are like some hair. Exactly. Panties. Like jewelry. jewelry. Yes. I'm sorry. She had to go down. Exactly. And pick a piece of her skull up. Like bloody. that was already a bloody scene. Did you like, rinse this or are you just carrying? Like I can't imagine what that would smell like. After I, a couple of days I walking around. Like, I don't even know. Like, I 
the thought, it just makes me cringe of like, she cringe. had to reach down into this poor girl's head and take a piece of it. Yeah. And oh, what made you think to wrap it in a napkin so that, it, like, that's your show and tell, you're going to show other people? It's her precious. You are garbage. So during her trial, Krista could be seen smiling and you know, waving at her, her mom and things when she would enter the courtroom. Colleen's mom and other onlookers stated that Krista was often seen laughing and joking. She would pass so notes. So she's not even going to pretend like she, like she cares, like, like she's remorseful in any no. way? No, and something that comes to mind is the Jody Arias case, where if you see pictures of her prior to her court situation, she's a bombshell. She's got blonde hair. She wears tight tank tops and little booty shorts and all that kind of stuff. And when she walked into the courtroom... No boobies showing in court. What a joke. Like, I was shocked when she, she had like her hair very, brown, glasses. I had never seen her. Up, like, exactly. Like a, Cardigan, librarian. Yeah, librarian. She looked like a librarian. There was none of that with Krista. And I'm glad that there wasn't because she deserves to be convicted of this crime. But at the same time, as her attorney, you're not going to tell her... Just pretend. Yeah. The jury is watching you. They've been watching you. The news media is watching you. Everybody's watching you, and you're joking around, and you're passing notes. It's just disgusting. Well, it's also disgusting, like, that her mom is also feeding into this. Exactly, exactly. And her mom, you know, later stated that Krista was always a good kid. She was loving one day and then in trouble the next. So, you know, she did have issues, but she, she, her mom said she was always a loving kid. Uh, so, okay, so the only time Krista was seen crying during the trial is actually when the district attorney played her 45 minute taped confession. Her taped confession where, remember, she was giddy and excited to tell the police everything that had happened to her, that's the only time during her trial that she cried, which to me is even more disgusting. So once the jury goes out to deliberation, it takes only three hours. Was for there them. any reason why like, she cried during her confession? Was she like upset that people saw how happy she was during her confession? I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. Was it embarrassment? Was it shame? I'm not really sure. But in a trial over someone's life when you so violently murdered them, I am really surprised that that is the only time she showed emotion was at a time when she could get into more trouble. You know, so it takes the jury only three hours to decide that she's guilty. After she's found guilty, the penalty phase begins. Um, Krista's mom actually takes a stand during this phase, and she tried taking some of the blame, which, again, are you So she's crazy? just enabling her daughter. Exactly. She stated that it was her shortcomings as a mother that caused Krista to behave this way. I agree with Colleen's mother, who does not feel the same. Many kids come from a broken home. I was going to say, Colleen came from at least, like, maybe it wasn't necessarily a broken home. I don't know. Like, but the obviously, of that, but like a lower income home if she's yeah. going to Job Corps. You know, Colleen probably grew up with her, her own issues, just like we all have. It doesn't give us the right to murder somebody or to act like such a jackass like Krista has. Uh, so, 
Krista was told that she would receive the death penalty. She sobbed as the sentence was read and she was let out of the courtroom. She kept repeating, can I just hug my mom? Crying and yelling, can I just hug my mom? Minutes after- I'm sorry, Colleen doesn't get to hug her mom again. No, ever, for the rest of her life. So no, bitch, you don't get to hug your mom. Get the fuck out of here. So minutes after her sentencing, Krista writes a letter to Tadaryl. I have got to tell you a quote from this letter that just completely blew my mind. So we've already said the only time during the trial she's crying is when her confession is played. She's also crying during the sentencing. And then minutes later, she writes a letter stating, you see what I get for trying to be nice to that hoe? I went ahead and bashed her brains out so she'd die quickly instead of letting her bleed to death and suffer more. And they effing fry me. I'm sorry. That was a 45-minute murder you beat the crap out of her for 45 minutes and then decided to bash her head in tortured her that wasn't a slow death no that wasn't anything nice that you did to her so she also stated she knew she would be found guilty from the beginning of the trial she knew she would get the death penalty but if she felt that way why wouldn't she at least try to pretend to feel guilty or show some sort of remorse to the jury I'm not sure. I, I'm having a hard time understanding her thought process, I guess. Um, fail on her for behaving that way. Fail on her attorney for letting her behave that way. But also good job attorney you know, because she deserves to be in prison. She's a garbage person, so <laughs> fuck you, Krista. So in a later interview, she, t- she tells women on death row, I did something that is horrible and unacceptable, and I realize that, but I don't deserve to die for the actions of three individuals when I'm only one person. Krista... In your confession, you told the police you acted alone. You tried to take all of the blame. I'm sorry. I don't think that they kept a piece of her skull. Exactly. And now that you've been sentenced, you don't think that you should be punished for the actions of three people. You should have said that the moment you were arrested. Anyway, Krista has been on death row since her conviction. She lives in one room 23 hours a day and is let out for one hour a day to exercise in another enclosed area. She remains handcuffed and shackled while she's there. Colleen's mom has stated that Krista still gets to live her life. She has TV, free meals, certain privileges. She gets to see and speak to her family. Again, I agree with Colleen's mom. I'm not a huge believer in the death penalty. Um, I recently did research on elderly people in prison and I 100% believe that's a whole new sentence you know life in prison to me would be way worse than getting the death penalty Um, Krista's legal appeals kept her alive until 2000 when she met fellow inmate Patricia Jones this is exciting this is an exciting part for Krista Krista stated that Jones was constantly bullying her, making noises like the electric chair when they passed by each other. I like this girl already. I like you, Patricia. Good on you for that. Eventually, however, Krista does decide to fight back. So one day, Krista and her friend begin an altercation with this girl, Patricia, who Krista jumped and choked with a shoestring. By the time authorities found them, Patricia was unconscious, but she did survive the attack. Two weeks after the assault, Krista appears before a judge and asks to exercise her right to end the appeals process and just proceed with the execution. In June 2002, a judge grants Krista's wish and schedules the execution for August 19, 2002, but within days of that ruling, Krista changes her mind 
And three weeks before she is scheduled to die, her attorneys are able to reverse the judge's decision and stay the execution. Um, her death sentence, again, is affirmed by the court, and an and execution date had yet to be set. Um, in one of the videos that I was watching to prepare for this podcast, Krista's mother talks about Krista's strong desire to live and how she has so much to live for, her family, a niece and two nephews. It would be devastating to the children that love her for Krista to be killed by the state. There are so many people that love Krista and she wants to live for all of us. And there were so many people that loved Colleen. 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 I'm sorry, Krista. What about Colleen? Colleen doesn't get to, to meet the children of her family or have children of her own if she wanted to. She was brutally murdered on a cold night and left alone, bloody and dying in the dark. I have absolutely no sympathy for Krista. She is exactly where she should be. I've heard other thing. I've heard others, you know, uh, forensic uh, psychologists say that she may have been a serial killer, and we are lucky that we caught her the first time that she killed. Normally, this is where the story ends, Taylor. Normally, we say it's not over. They're on death row. Goodbye. But it's not over. While rotting away on death row, even though her appeals have ended, she remains in the media. In 2012, Krista was vis- visited multiple times by her boyfriend. That's Tadero's what I said. in prison. Nope. This is Donald Cohut. And if I'm pronouncing your last name wrong, eat it, Donald. I don't care. How on earth do you get a boyfriend while you're on death row? Who are these people that are like... This is something I will never, ever I don't understand. get it. Like, I have a I'm major- over Tinder. How about the guys on death row? Like, I have never understood women or even men's fascination with these people that are on death row. Like, true, like, fandom of Fan serial girls. killers. Like, like, Ted I, Bundy had so many. I have so many, like, interesting things I want to learn about yes. serial killers because I want to learn. learn. Not because I think you're hot. Not because I want to do them. Yeah, gross. That's disgusting. So anyway, their relationship began with love letters and grew into visits where Donald would come visit Krista in prison. Krista and Donald decided they couldn't be apart, so they make a plan for Krista's escape. Her escape. Her escape from death row. Yes, I said that. Krista is now going to pull a prison break on us, I guess. I don't know. Um, However, they can't. They need an accomplice. They can't accomplish this by themselves. So they meet 23-year-old prison guard Justin Heflin. Justin begins to accept bribes from Donald, Krista's boyfriend, on the outside of prison and agrees to help them with the escape. Donald used paper and a pencil to make trace copies of keys to the cell doors. What is a, a paper, paper and a pencil? What is a paper key going to do? I don't know. Are you going to the locksmith and being like, hey, man, here's a tracing of the key that I need. Can you make it for me? I don't understand. I don't know what they're doing. I guess I don't know what these keys look like. Like in my head, I think of like a giant skeleton key. Like I know it's not like a house key. Like have you seen Pirates of the Caribbean? To me, that's what the keys look like. The ones that the dog holds in his mouth. Yeah, like a giant giant long ass key. key. Metal key. Anyway. It doesn't matter because other guards working at the prison find the paper copies and they're able to stop the escape. 
Um, after the escape attempt, of course, her contact with visitors is limited and some other privileges are revoked. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. For now, that's the end of the story of Krista. Her victim, Colleen Slummer, suffered a brutal 45-minute attack before her life was savagely ended by Krista Pike. Krista has been on death row at the Tennessee Prison for Women for the last 25 years, thinking every day about her crime. She will remain there until her sentence is carried out. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Oh, she's a terrible person. Hate her. All right. That's this week's episode of Murdery. Murdery. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.